Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is an apostrophe podcast production. Here's one little question that has no simple answer. How does being alone bring us closer? My name is Peg Fong. I'm a journalist and an educator. Come join me as we explore loneliness together. Step 1. Boil water. Stir in macaroni. Cook until tender. 7 minutes or 8 minutes. Drain. In capital letters next, do not rinse. No capital letters needed for the following steps. Return to pan. Add margarine or butter, milk, and cheese sauce mix. Mix well. If you know what that recipe is, chances are you've reached for that box in your cupboard at some point during the pandemic. And the likelihood is very good that you crave the contents in that blue and orange box when you were feeling lonely. Comfort food. We want it when it's cold outside. Soups, stews, congee, and we want to get warm. It gives us comfort when it's too hot. Popsicles, icy lemonade, and we need to cool down. We look up from our studies or boring paperwork, and we need a snack, something gooey or sweet. When our hearts break, we fill our stomachs. We reach for the food that provides us with what we need at that moment to satisfy a hunger that when it can't be filled by connections with people, we can substitute with the food that brings us comfort. It is the emptiness of loneliness or the lonely emptiness that needs replenishing. Food feeds us and fills us up. So grab a spoon and let's explore comfort food. For Australians, is sausage rolls and meat pies. 
The British love their bacon sandwich. My Panamanian family cooks arroz con pollo, rice with chicken, at least once a week. It's cassoulet and French onion soup for the French, tortillas for Mexicans, ramen for Japanese, kimchi for Koreans, spinach stew in parts of Africa, couscous in Morocco, rice and lentils in India, congee for the Chinese. What's your standard soy sauce? Got a nice yellow label and uh, it's got a nice yellow cap. And right now, we are using it in very small amounts. <laughs> so you could tell it was open. And we've just been doing drops by drops because we're preserving it. So we're about, I'll say like two fingers down on the China lily. In Vilma Portillo and Cody Malbus household in Prince George, British Columbia, a bottle of soy sauce made by a Canadian company in Ontario is comfort food. When there was a shortage of the condiment last winter due to supply and delivery issues, the China lily soy sauce, beloved in First Nations communities in northern British Columbia, was a much-coveted item. People paid five to ten times the normal price of $4 a bottle in order to secure a supply. On eBay, one bottle was selling for $20. Comfort food? It's either a greasy, salty burger or an... I would say China lily is probably pretty up there. Just get a big bowl of rice, douse it in China lily. That's actually kind of... My comfort food is definitely... I use more China lily on my rice. Cody Malbo says he can gauge how bad a day he's had based on the amount of China lily soy sauce he uses. With one bottle left in the house, it's being measured out drop by drop. Normally, I'm a little more reserved with it, and then I go, ah, it was a bad day. That's when I douse it. The pandemic has led to many bad days for many of us. A new study published in Nature Neuroscience in November found that acute social isolation triggers in our brains craving responses similar to hunger. In social animals, social interactions act as primary rewards. They are pleasurable inherently, and motivate behavior in the absence of any other reward. Researchers know that even a brief acute period of social isolation can cause an aversive, loneliness-like brain state. They know this for certain in adult mice. In humans, it was less certain. The animal models for mice in isolation went like this. The mice study looked at the neural representation of loneliness in the brain of mice. The mice in the study were isolated from other mice and then reintroduced into social contact. While in isolation and during their time with other mice, neurons were measured and the researchers found a brain signal that was triggered whenever the mouse was in contact with others. With animal research, you can manipulate these neurons, says researcher Livia Tomova. When they inhibited the neurons, the mouse became less social. And when they activated them, the mouse was more social. So I think that was a super elegant study and a great way to identify the neural representation of our drive to interact with others. Dr. Tomova, who was at MIT at the time and is now at the University of Cambridge, researches how stress, loneliness, and social isolation affect the brain and mind. After reading about the mouse study, she rushed to her graduate advisor at MIT and asked if they could do something similar to see what happens in the human brain. 
were only like half jokingly discussing the idea because we thought it would be so absurd to isolate someone. But over the meetings, we realized this would be so, so interesting. And then we also ended up meeting with the actual animal researchers who were back then also at the same department at MIT. And then we decided to do a collaboration. The research then shifted for Dr. Tomova from understanding how loneliness in the brain of mice could be used to find out how loneliness is found in our own brains. Not surprisingly for any of us is this fact. When people are forced to be isolated from each other, they feel lonely and crave social interaction. What was interesting and new was that the study published in Nature last November found that after people are isolated and want to get back into social connections, that want is the same neurospark we have for food cravings. The participants in the study were isolated in a windowless room for 10 hours without access to their phones or anything else. There was only a computer in the room that allowed them to reach the researchers if necessary. It was one of the strongest self-isolation studies that has ever been done. If the participant wanted to leave the room to go to the bathroom, they had to let the researchers know so the hallways could be cleared of other people. Food was delivered, but signals were set up so the participants couldn't see another human at all during the 10 hours. And when they finally emerged from isolation to get scanned, there were even more precautions taken to ensure there was no interaction with another person. The participants were trained before their self-agreed-upon isolation to learn how to get into the scanning machines by themselves. If you've ever done an MRI, you'll know that before you enter into the chamber, it's quite a social process. There are always people around to ensure that you know what is happening, to answer any questions and to give the sense that there's someone on the other end when you're done. But for this experiment, there was no socializing before the participants got into the MRI. To prevent the isolated participants from feeling socially connected, they even had to wear masks as they made their way from their rooms to the MRI machine. Months later, during the pandemic, Dr. Tomova made a connection to masks worn during that walk to the masks people began wearing to avoid getting the virus. The researchers had thought about making the participants wear other types of masks, but decided to keep them to the disposable medical version. I quickly realized when I was like looking for that, that actually a lot of ways how we hide our faces make us seem very creepy. <laughs> so it was not easy to find something that, that would allow you to block your face without being very, very strange. During the pandemic, it was normal to see people on the streets or indoors wearing masks. In doing the experiment, which took place months before the lockdown, Dr. Tomova said they wanted to make the experience of just reducing social interaction without going to what seemed like an absurd reduction. Brain activity was measured after the 10-hour imposed isolation. On another day, the follow-up part of the study had the participants fast for 10 hours. Following each of those days, whether in isolation or in fasting, the participants had their brain scanned while looking at images. There were images of food and images of people connecting and socializing with each other. 
A control group was set up with a third option, images of something neutral that wasn't food and not people, but flowers. The researchers focused on what could be seen in the participants' midbrain, the part of the brain that is linked to reward-seeking, eye movement, learning, and importantly for this study, to addiction, which is craving for anything from food to drugs. It's also the region of the brain that was activated during social isolation for mice in the earlier study that made Dr. Tomova want to find out if it could be applied to humans. I think one like general takeaway from our study is that it highlights how important being connected with others is for humans. So if already one day of being alone makes our brains sort of respond as if we have been fasted for the whole day, it kind of suggests that our brains are very sensitive to the experience of being alone. The results of the study found that the craving for connection is as basic in our brain as our craving for food. Human interaction is an ingrained need for us, as ingrained as the need for food. A poll of 2,000 Americans found that during the pandemic, two in three people surveyed reverted to childhood food favorites and were eating more of those foods during the pandemic. There was an uptake in, by order of popularity, pizza, hamburger, ice cream, french fries, mac and cheese, and spaghetti and meatballs. The poll found that 41% of those surveyed reached for comfort food to bring them happiness, and in a corresponding result, 85% said they had gained weight while staying at home. The average was an extra six pounds. And in the survey, people were asked, what would you rather give up alcohol or your favorite comfort food dish. Almost 7 in 10 people said, take the booze, leave me the gooey, cheesy comfort food. Another interesting result from the survey, 67% of respondents said that if they had to choose between giving up for a whole year their favorite food or social media, they would rather stop using their apps rather than their appetite. The phrase comfort food was first heard in the late 60s. Just hearing those two words might make you think about your favorite type of comfort food. And if the thought turns to chicken noodle soup, you're not alone. In 1993, two motivational speakers, Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, took their idea for a book to New York in hopes of finding a publisher. For years, they said, audience members kept asking them, is the story you told of the boy and his puppy in a book somewhere? Or what's the name of the book where I can find that story of the boy who had his legs amputated but still became a tennis star? Canfield and Hansen decided to write a book that had all those heartwarming and come from behind to achieve greatness stories they told in their motivational talks. But no New York publisher was interested every single one of them that Canfield and Hanson approached turned them down. Finally, a health and wellness publisher in Florida took a chance on the manuscript. Chicken Soup for the Soul has since sold 11 million copies, and 250 others followed, making it the best-selling trade paperback book series of all time. And we'll be right back. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When people don't have their fundamental need for social connections met, they look for it elsewhere, in stories that make them feel like they belong, and in food that gives them comfort. Jordan Troisi was in graduate studies at SUNY University of Buffalo when he first began looking into the issue of social surrogates. Those are things that people use to simulate a sense of social connection with others. That might be people's engagement with their favorite television show. It's a surrogate for actual social connection. One study showed when people viewed their favorite television show, it made them feel as much socially connected and energized as when actually interacting with real people. Drawing from this research that I became interested in the question of what exactly is comfort food, so as someone who's, who has uh, historically had a sort of amateur interest in food and, you know, at the time watching a lot of the Food Network, as it turns out, I kept hearing uh, different ideas about what comfort food might be, right? So there seemed to be arguments that comfort food would be something that was like this sort of unhealthy, sort of heavy and fat and sugar type of food. And, and to some degree, that, that might sort of be a part of the equation when it comes to comfort food, at least for some individuals. The driving force for Dr. Troisi was the question, was there some sort of more symbolic or personal meaning associated with comfort food? What he wanted to find answers for was this. 
do we consume comfort food because it's associated with something that happened in our past, like a family experience or a significant social event, such as a celebration or a holiday? We now know, based on that November Nature Neuroscience study by lead author Dr. Livia Tomova, that the craving for social connection is triggered in our brains and is the same craving we have for food. Dr. Troisi's studies about comfort food, done more than 10 years ago, involved trying to understand why people associate certain foods with a sense of belonging. The question is, do we seek out comfort food because they fill our stomachs and taste good? Or are we drawn to them because eating that food distracts us from feeling alone? A reminder of relationships we have that take us away from loneliness. The first of Dr. Troisi's studies involving comfort food came out in 2011 and used university students as participants. The participants in that study were asked whether they considered chicken noodle soup a comfort food. Some participants did, others did not. The participants then consumed chicken noodle soup in the laboratory. As someone who's sort of a rigorous scientist in approach, we, we took a very measured approach to this. We used the same chicken soup from the same grocery store, heated to the same temperature and the same amount for each participant. And then after they had had the chance to consume it, we had them you know rate things like its taste and other things like that. The participants of the study might have thought they were being surveyed on chicken noodle soup and providing an assessment of it. What we were really interested in finding out was, was the consumption of this chicken soup something they considered to be a comfort food or something they didn't to be a comfort food? Would the consumption of it lead them to be sort of more primed to think about relationships and connections with other people? For the next step in the study, participants were then told to do a word completion task. They were given a string of letters with blank spaces at the end, and told to complete the word fragments with whatever word comes to mind first. And what we found is that for the people who considered chicken soup to be a comfort food, they were more likely to complete some of those words as relationship words than were any of the other individuals, including those who had the chicken noodle soup and uh, didn't consider it to be a comfort food. We also had a condition where uh, a set of participants didn't consume the chicken noodle soup ahead of time. They weren't likely to complete those as relationships words either. It's likely that by having the soup made those participants subconsciously think about human connections, and they finish words that had a strong association with relationships. Words such as include, and welcome, and like. A follow-up study went further. So what we were then interested in, in looking into was sort of, what does this do for us, right? You know, so, okay, if comfort food is something that seems to be associated with relationships, does it sort of act like relationships do? Does it do for us mentally the same kinds of things that our relationships with other people do? In 2018, Pixar released a short film about a Chinese mother who loved to make dumplings. The name of the animated short was Bao, the Chinese word for dumplings, a comfort food for many Asians. 
the film was directed by Canadian Domi Shi and won an Oscar for Best Animated. Bao, dumplings are small and stuffed with fillings around a dough. It's an apt description of the many layers of meaning in the brief film. On social media, some viewers expressed their confusion about a scene near the end. But for many Asian viewers, the movie was about not just comfort food, but about cultural and generational divides, loss, and loneliness. In the short film, a lonely mother in an empty nest of a home makes the bao, raises it, takes it with her everywhere, and protects it. The dumpling becomes her son. As the bow gets older, it yearns to break free from the comfort of its mother, but she is unwilling to let go. One night, as the dumpling plans to go out with friends, the mother, in desperation, grabs her son, the bow, and eats it. Comfort food researcher Dr. Jordan Troisi says food is associated with our relationships and our lack of those connections. We eat, especially the food that is familiar to us and reminds us of happier times, less lonely times, because it feels like we are with others and not alone. When our sense of belonging is missing, we want to take in those foods that have emotional connections to us, like the mother in the animated film who sees the bow as more than just a dumpling. In the follow-up study, Dr. Troisi had participants again come into the lab and they had to do a task that triggered their feelings of being isolated. Half of the participants were told to write about an experience of a fight they had with someone close to them. This was done to activate the strain the participants feel when their sense of belonging is taken away or threatened. The other half of the participants were told to write about something neutral that didn't threaten that feeling of being connected or disconnected. For the participants who wrote about the fight they had with someone, half of those were asked to write about an experience with either a new food or a comfort food. Right, so this idea is sort of put out there uh, in order for us to establish that if individuals sense of connection with comfort food actually sort of simulates the feeling of social connection with other individuals, uh, this should help alleviate the feelings of loneliness that we might feel from a sense of threatened belonging. For people who had fairly strong relationships, what's called securely attached individuals, when they wrote about comfort food, it mitigated the degree to which they felt threatened by their sense of social belonging. Comfort food, they found, didn't just reduce loneliness because people felt happier, but that any kind of food could be considered comfort if it's associated with a sense of belonging. You actually enjoy comfort food more, rate it as more tasty, more delicious if your social relationships are already strong. And if you're feeling lonely, comfort food actually does help. And it seems that just sort of calling it to mind is sufficient enough to mitigate these concerns associated with loneliness. And in some ways, I think this, this can make a lot of sense if we work with the assumption that what comfort food seems to be is sort of this mental category that activates other ideas.
when those mental, cognitive, and emotional associations that go on within our minds associate with belonging to a social network, it starts us feeling more connected. The activation of one set of ideas associated with comfort food can actually mitigate the associations that we might see with more negative circumstances, loneliness, feelings of isolation, or ostracism. That study has actually been replicated in other countries. Similar results were found in Singapore and in the Netherlands, that just thinking about comfort food can make people feel more connected. Different comfort food was used. In Singapore, it was noodles, and the Dutch comfort food was chocolate. Comfort food is global, as is our need to seek comfort. Dr. Livia Tomova's study from MIT found that social isolation makes us long for connections, the same way we eat when we feel hungry or lonely. That craving for connection and for social contact is as basic in all of us as our need for food and the comfort of being with others. We may be alone, but we are alone together. Alone Together was directed by Callie O'Reilly. Theme music by Ari Posner and Ian Lefevre. Sound engineering by Jeff Devine. The producers of the show are Debbie O'Reilly and Guillermo Serrano. I'm Peg Fong, the host and writer. If you want to make the Barefoot Contessa's chicken noodle soup recipe, it takes, I am not kidding, 13 hours and 20 minutes. You can listen to a whole season of our episodes waiting for that soup. Follow our 30-minute podcast and you can open up a can, heat it up, and still have time to finish your soup before we're done. This series is executive produced by Terry O'Reilly. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.